And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's Marvelous, Monumental, Most Fascinating, Massively Mind-Bending Monday as we join our hearts and minds in one accord to draw closer to the King of Kings and glorify his name. First, safety is from the Lord. Psalm 6820 states, Our God is a God of salvation, and to God the Lord belong deliverances, from death. Sometimes the Lord does it miraculously. Sometimes it's by a show of force from an outside influence. Who cares where it comes from as long as it comes from the Lord? Nehemiah had safety from a show of force. Good enough. Works for me. Next, here comes some politics. You cannot read the whole of Scripture and miss the connections. Anybody who says you should do what the government says because you're supposed to love your neighbor is a nincompoop. Okay, let me say that again so that we don't miss that. Anybody who says you should do what the government says to do because you're supposed to love your neighbor is a nincompoop. Also, anyone who has an agenda against Israel is part of the haters club. Whether it's politicians or cable news, they're clearly defined by 1 John 4 as false prophets, and they should not be regarded. And finally, there are seasons when we explore new ideas and visions and ministries with God. There's nothing wrong and everything right about this, but it's important to understand that you are not yet called to share all those plans and ideas or pictures with anyone during the process of the exploration. Sometimes the best parts of real wisdom are to keep some things to yourself. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing politics. Yep, today, entertainment and current events, personal revelations, spiritual observations, my life's insanities, and oy vey, so much more. Hey, 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 hey. We're asking you, did you like that last one? Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now you can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. David at hemustincrease.org. You can text us, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can call us at 972 972- Four four five zero seven seven zero. That's nine seven two four four five zero seven seven zero. When you make that phone call, oh my, it's Captain Chris who answers the phone. And you know what? That's when you will be. Sailing, 
All right. Now, this can be for thoughts, opinions, comments, questions. It can be for praise reports. It can be for prayer requests. Maybe you just got something bouncing around the old noodle and you're just like, eh, I want to talk to somebody about this. I got to figure it out. We will be doing a little bit of politics. There's no point getting mad at me. I don't do a lot of it, but when I do it, I do it. It's biblically based as much as I can make it work that way. Bottom line, though, is we also have quite a bit of fun having Bible trivia Nothing weird, no need for a horn, nothing bizarre, as simple as it gets. True or false, Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. This is out of Genesis chapter 4. <laughs> You got to be able to get that. Uh, Jenny nailing it uh, before anybody else. Nice job. Nice job. All right. So if you think you know the answer, you want to call in 972 445 You can also text in 214-210-8483. You can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. We have somebody calling in. Uh, we're not trying to make that complex as best as we know how not to. I will say this, though. I will tell you that pretty much, for those that do not know, uh, anything, any topic's open for conversation because it's not professional radio. It's just radio, and most of the times we're not sure if it's radio, but uh, Don thinks it's radio, so that's good. <laughs> so we'll just let that go. It's a cross between Steve Martin, John Hannity, and Focus on the Family, the David Spoon Experience. So buckle up, little campers. Here we go. We have somebody ready to answer their chair. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hey, David. It's Deborah. Hi, Deborah. How was your weekend? Great. How about you? It was good. I mean, except for the last part of it when I tied myself down to write everybody's receipts. <laughs> that, oh. That gets, that gets a little <laughs> long. That fun. <laughs> yeah, that was long. So Noel calls me up and goes, how you doing? I said, don't call me. <laughs> It's <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs> one of those things. Anyway, this is a good question. Nothing weird, nothing bizarre. Keeping it simple. True or false, Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. Uh, that's true. Correct, Fernando! You I got to call right. the easy one. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you'll say that and you'll go, that's right, right? I mean, you know it's right, and then that part of you goes, that's right, right? It's right, right? It's like you just like double <laughs> No doubt. <laughs> Excellent job. Very, very good. Very good way to start the week off. So, great All righty. Well, y'all have a good day. All right. God bless. God bless. Bye-bye. 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 All right. Excellent job by Deborah. We appreciate that. Everybody who texted in uh, did a fantastic job. Ginny came in first. I'm just saying. She doesn't have a lot. Okay. I'm just, I'm just People beat other people out. You got these people that are really fast. You know, it's like, good job. All right, so uh, we want to get to this. I do want to mention one other thing. So I have my class that I'm in. I could, uh, it's not deep prayer. We don't need deep, deep, deep prayer, but I have this uh, sense that the professor and I might go a little toe-to-toe on an issue or two. <laughs> and I'm trying to be a nicer, calmer, safer, easier Dave. I don't know if that's going to work. So uh, just be in prayer for me. Okay, just uh, Lord, give him wisdom, calm him down. A little more tea or something might help. All right, so we did that. We did that. Is there anything else we got to cover? All right, let's get into this text. We're in Nehemiah, for those that do not know. And you have to know where this is uh, going to go. And, and what I want to talk about, I don't want to make this 
uh, overly complex or overly political or anything like that. But you go through the text, you read it, and you, you operate appropriately. Here's what it says in Nehemiah. We're in chapter 2. We're in verse 9. It says, When I came to the governors of the province west of the Euphrates River, I delivered the king's letter to them. The king, I should add, sent along an army, sent along army officers and horsemen to protect me. Okay? Now, I will actually correlate this to the situation that happened on Saturday real briefly. I think it's fantastic that the rabbi and the people that were in the temple that got held up were all safe. I don't know if you know this or not, but the rabbi had recently had training for a situation similar to that. A lot of people don't know that. In fact, the guy that did the training was somebody that was interviewed. I thought that's super fascinating. I think what's important for that is for you and I to understand this basic principle. The Lord is a God of salvation. And Psalm 68 verse 20 says, to the Lord belong deliverances from death. And there are times where God has delivered you and I from death, and sometimes that deliverance comes in a absolutely miraculous way. I've had that happen to me, and I've had it happen in the more common way. I've had somebody pull a gun out, point it to my head, pull back the trigger, and uh, f- speak in a fourth tongue none of you want to ever hear. And then I've uh, had uh, more simplistic things. In Nehemiah's case, there was a force that was shown— And this force was the king sending along army officers and horsemen to protect him. Not every deliverance from the Lord from death is something that's going to be where the sky opens up and, you know, angels come down and, and there's tornadoes and there's violent lightning and stuff. Sometimes the Lord just protects your way. And keeps you safe while you're going along. Sometimes, and we've had people call and share this testimony, he keeps you safe on the road by not letting something come close to you, right? In this case, Nehemiah just says, you know what? The Lord kept us safe. He used the king's army. The king's army had officers and soldiers. They protected us. There were no issues. And it's just like, that's grace. That's mercy. That's the kindness of the Lord. And we talk about this as well. That's traveling mercies, which most of you should be praying for when you're traveling because God grants it. And he grants it to people on a regular basis. And you should ask for it. There's nothing wrong with that. That's proper within the framework and the will of God. So he says, the king, I should add, sent along army officers and horsemen to protect me. God used other things to protect Nehemiah. Could he have sent an angel? Yes. Could he have sent Michael? Sure. Could he have sent you know armies of angels and legions? Of course. But that's not how God did it. Sometimes God does judgment through people. Sometimes God does protection through people. Try, here's my admonition from a practical point of view, try to be a little bit more aware that in your surroundings, the Lord may use simplistic things to protect you, but understand the passage. It's God is a God of salvation, and to God the Lord belong deliverances from death. God is the one that spares us. And if you want to be um, examining and kind of like maybe honest or earnest about it, you should probably acknowledge that God has probably saved you from death a multitude of times. I think he's kept the planet whole a multitude of times and stopped us from blowing ourselves up. That's my contention. I have a couple things I could back that up with, but... I think you know that God's safety comes in many forms. Be aware of it. Be appreciative of it. 
it comes from him. Okay? All right. I'm going to take a break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon Experience? Imagine yourself on a rocket ship racing at a thousand miles an hour into space. Once there, you can sense the power and the presence of the majestic and the divine. You forget about your troubles and your fears, and you just float in peace without a worry in the world. There are no struggles, no pain, no discomfort. It's soothing, calm, comfortable. But then, the show starts. And you realize that none of that stuff has anything to do with the show. What were you thinking? The David Spoon Experience. Only for the brave of heart and the bored. What is the David Spoon Experience? Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under his wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And you're thinking, that's a great verse, Dave. What does that got to do with Thanksgiving? Right? Because that doesn't have any application except for... God is pictured here as always was, always is, and always will be. And a person who is walking in the dynamic of continually giving thanks is looking at their past with thanksgiving, is looking at their present with thanksgiving, and is looking at their future with thanksgiving because God has operated in the past, the present, and the future, and you have a past, a present, and a future, and when you look at your past and you operate with thanksgiving, and you look at your present and you operate with thanksgiving, and you look at your future and you operate with thanksgiving, you're operating in those principles with God, and if you look at your past with thanksgiving, guess what you won't have. You won't have bitterness. And if you look at your present with thanksgiving, guess what you're going to have? A trusting and a confidence. And if you look to your future with thanksgiving, guess what you're going to have? A hope for a better tomorrow. All these principles operate if you will continually walk in thanksgiving on every aspect and element of your life. You won't be bitter. You'll be trusting God and walking in confidence. You'll be looking for a better tomorrow. You'll be operating in the principle of faith. You'll be honoring God and you'll be setting yourself free in your partnership with God, how can that be bad? Amen. How can that be bad? I mean, it blow my mind. Cry it out loud. We should be thanking God for, oh, but this terrible thing happened. But look how God brought you through it. Amen. This terrible thing is happening, but look how God is bringing you through it. Hey, when they start shooting Christians, look how God took you out and brought you to him. I mean, it's like it's all together. You can't escape this. If you look at your life with a continual feast of thanksgiving, you'll have a continual feast. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, where Captain Chris and the host are just 
you know, it's Monday. It's Monday fun day. Woo-hoo. Sure is. Sure it is. All right. Uh, they're working on some computer problems. We'll just blame it all on the computers. I think it's yeah. just easier. Yeah, that's a ticket. That's it. That's it. That's a ticket. Yeah, that's what I said. It's the computer. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. All right, let's get ready for the next trivia question. Okay, now you do have to play the horn. So you know how we didn't play the horn? Now we do have to play the horn. Okay? All right, most of you should get that hint. I try and give the hint because it's so weird. True or false, there are no oak trees in the Bible. Nobody said oak rich boys. There are no oak trees in the Bible. True or false? If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770, or you can text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email david at hemustincrease.org. Okay? True or false? There are no, there are no, I want to make sure I get this right. There are no oak trees in the Bible. Okay? Is this true or false is the question. Uh, it's pretty straightforward, not complex. Okay? Most, most everybody's getting it right. I said most everybody. Right? Okay, that means not everybody. Okay, I've got my jokes. <laughs> hey, it's Monday fun day. Might as well relax. You're going to hear him anyway if you're listening to the show. It's not really going to change anything, is it? All right. Are you ready? You got your buzzer ready? Oh, yeah. You got the buzzer ready. All right. Here we go. All right? All right. A pig and a chicken were walking through a poor section of the city. The chicken said to the pig, look at all these hungry people. Let's give them ham and eggs for breakfast. The pig said, wait a minute. For you, it's a donation. For me, it's a sacrifice. See? Because he had to give up himself. Ah, waka, waka. <laughs> Okay, I'll take that one. <laughs> okay, this is uh, funny, too. Uh, last one's not as funny. Maybe I'll do this one first and then the last one. Okay. Elderly woman had recently died. Having never been married, she requested no male pallbearers. In her handwritten instruction for her memorial service, she wrote, They wouldn't take me out while I was alive. I don't want them taking me out while I'm dead. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> You got to like that. And then this one I like because you'll know why. Uh, Johnny was on his way to church when he stopped by the corner store. He was going to use his Sunday school money to buy candy when the proprietor, uh, who knew the family well, put up his hand. Son, you should give that money to the church. Johnny replied, I have a better idea. I'll buy the candy, and then you can give it to the church. See, that's good. (laughs) Not bad. Uh, Not bad for a Monday, right? Not bad. All right, one more on the trivia. You can call it if you want. If not, uh, uh, Captain Chris will remind me at the end. True or false, there are no oak trees in the Bible. Okay, we already played the horns. So we're not replaying it for you. And as you guys know, I'm not huge on the political end of things in the sense that the Kvetch Fest is not really what I'm for. But then again, when you come across certain uh, scriptures, it's you, you, you can't you can only separate most of the time, but not all of the time. And I did use the word nincompoop earlier in the introduction, and we'll use it again because an appropriate word is an appropriate word. And by the way, that's a lot less striking than some of the words that Jesus used. I just want to point that out. Here's the text that we're in. It is in Nehemiah chapter 2, and this is verse 10. So I want to read it through verse 9 to 10 so you can kind of follow along. 
When I came to the governors of the province west of the Euphrates River, I delivered the king's letter to them. The king, I should add, had also sent along army officers and horsemen to protect me. But when Sambalat, the Horonite, and Tobiah, the Ammonite officials, heard of my arrival, listen to this, they were very angry that someone had come who was interested in helping Israel. Okay. Stop. Okay? This is where you cannot get away from this. And you cannot and you should not get away from this, okay? You and I when I have heard teachers for you being born and raised Jewish and 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 having Baptist and Pentecostal ordination, having my degree and my master's degree and I'm as close as you want to get to a doctorate, so you know you can all call me almost doctor if you want to. It's close enough, okay? I know and you know, as we read Scripture, that God has a favoritism towards the people of Israel, specifically coming through the lineage of Abraham. Nobody has to be a genius to figure out Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Jacob, 12 sons, 12 tribes. Got it, got it, got it, right? And then there's acknowledgment of that in the New Testament through Jesus and through the rest of the epistles. So although I would argue with almost any theologian, that the exact plan for Israel is not manifest, you would be hard-pressed to argue that there is a plan. It's just that how that all manifests, yeah, we're going to see how that breaks out. Got it. Here's what you shouldn't do, can't do, or not allowed to do, and that is be a person that's angry that somebody's helping Israel. That is called super-duper dumb. That's not just dumb because we like saying dumb and like saying words tough and, you know, that kind of thing. This is on the super-duper level. I don't care if the person is a politician. Like, there's a politician in Minnesota that uh, starts with an O, and then she's got M-A-R after the rest of her name, so it's Omar. And she hates Israel. And it's like, how is that? okay. Biblically, it is not okay. It is not acceptable. You have certain stations on television, like CNN stands for Christians, not necessary. You you have to understand that they hate Israel because Israel is just chosen of God and they don't like God. So there you go. It kind of all works together. And the reason that I bring them up is because it's constant hate and disregard because they're not interested. I just want you to catch this. They're not interested in helping Israel, but the exact opposite. And you know what? That's not okay. First John chapter 4 takes a lot of time talking about false prophets. And you know how false prophets are supposed to be treated in the New Testament? In the Old Testament, if you were a false prophet or false spokesman, they stoned you, right? In the New Testament, you know what you're supposed to do? Ready? Ready? Going to blow your mind. You're going to think I'm wrong, but you will find out. You know what you're supposed to? You're supposed to not regard them. Don't regard them. They're they're not worthy of the time that it will take. You do not answer a fool in the foolishness of their foolity because then you become a fool. 
It's like, no, no, don't just don't regard it. Just let it go. Okay, we're just going to keep praying for the right things. We love what God loves. We love who God loves. God loves everybody until they reject him. He still sends his love to them, but their rejection is their decision. You can only love so far, so long, so hard before it goes, okay, that's the end of that. We're done. And people that are against Israel are in this group of haters. And you can't change that. You can't alter that. And Scripture says it's not okay. God is very clear that he will bless those who bless Israel, and he will curse those who curse Israel. So it's like, yeah, work it out. You know, figure it out. Figure out how that works for you and how that connects to whatever person you're listening to, whatever station. All I know is in our country, we used to have a very, very, very collective favorability towards Israel, and that's changed. And if anything, that should just say, ding, 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 the end is getting closer. That's all I should tell you. Uh, Somebody ready to answer the trivia question? Okay, here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hi, David. This is Ace. Hey, Brother Ace. How are you, my bro? I'm doing pretty good today. I'm doing real good, actually. The sun's shining, and my heart's full of joy. There you go. Amen. Love the full of joy. Hey, I sent uh, something to you via email. I'm hoping it got to you because I know you got more than one email address. If you don't get it, let me know. I'll send it to the other email address, okay? So I just want to make you sure. You're talking besides the receipt? Yeah. Yeah. I just want to okay. make sure you got okay. it. All right. All right. All right. Uh, yeah. Cool. Uh-huh. All right. There, true or false, there are no oak trees in the Bible. I believe uh, of the, I know there are oaks of Bashan in the Bible somewhere. That is correct. Yeah. So then the answer is? Truth. That no, there are oaks in the Bible. There are. There are. No, so the question is, there are no oak trees. So the question would no, be. No, that's false. Correct. That's false. Yes. Yes. Yes, sir. That is, you are right. That is false. There are plenty of oak trees in the Bible. Uh, and in fact, you, you you have some really specific moments where oak is mentioned. Ethan, and, I, and I think, and I'll have to double check this, but Joy was saying that Absalom got hung up in an oak tree. I think that might be correct. I know he got hung up in a tree. I didn't realize it was an oak tree. Mm. So there's mm, a the, there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot there. It's like yeah, gotta watch that. So those simple things. It's like nope, there's oak tree. In fact, you know we know oak. You know, we use oak in, like, when we were in Flagstaff, we used that for burning and so on and so forth. So that, oh, yeah. was, that yeah. was good stuff. Well, I, just, I just remember that one scripture at, uh, somewhere, Oaks of Bashan. Yeah, there's Oaks uh, of Bashan and, and yeah. Mamre. There's Oaks of Mamre. So there's a couple of different yeah. places. So that's why that was, yeah, a, the oak, that was a good the one. oak tree. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. There you go. Oh, yeah. yeah. Good job, Oak's my good. brother. All right, we appreciate you. I, I told Chris, I said, I can't believe you're live today. I said, uh, most time on Mondays, uh, you've been uh, doing old programs. I thought, I, I, David, don't do that to us. We need you live five days a week. Yeah. So, uh, no, that that's only because I got all the st- receipts done. That's why I'm live. Yesterday, I was not alive. Put it there. A little bit of strength in there. Uh, I appreciate right, you being on there today. Let's uh, give you a, a right. kudos for that. There you go. All right, my All right. brother. God bless you. God bless you. Take care. Bye-bye. Excellent okay, job. Bye-bye. Excellent, excellent. Ace is so good. All right, we'll take our break and come back. We've got so much to do. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Just as I am, you reach down.
This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at the end of the year indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Or in Proverbs, where it teaches that a generous person will prosper, whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here on KAAM. The deterioration of the ecosystem, or creation itself, is definitely the result of man. You say, well, how can you say that? Well, Romans chapter 8, verse 19 through 21. I just read the scriptures. I don't need anything else. The Bible says this, the creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself would be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. Creation itself is longing for the redemption that comes through Jesus Christ, and until that takes place, it is on a collision course down. The result of the ecosystem or creation itself crashing is a result of man's sin in the garden. So when they say, oh, well, it's not man-made, Oh, yes, it is. Of course it's man-made. It's because we messed up in the garden. But I wasn't with Adam and Eve. You were in the person of Adam and Eve. And if you want me to use it, you were in the life-giving force of Adam and Eve. And if you want me to really say it, you were in the loins of Adam and Eve. You were there, too. They stuck their fist up to God and said, nope. <laughs> and God went, okie dokie, here's the result. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Let's get ready for our next trivia question on the heels of the last question because we were talking about trees, right? All right. Now, I'm going to believe everybody's going to find this quickly if you cannot find this quickly. What name is given to the last tree mentioned in the Bible? Mm. Mm, What name is given to the last 
tree mentioned in the Bible? If you think you know, you can call in at 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. You can send an email, david at he must increase dot org. Of course, this is the spot where we also encourage you to go to the website. So we want to make sure you understand it's for prayer requests. It's for praise reports. It's an opportunity to give to the ministry. And we highly encourage that. You will actually get a receipt. So I can say that with clear conscience. You will get a receipt at the end of the year. This time we got them in by the 16th of January. That's pretty good. That's not too shabby. But if you want to give, if you want to get a prayer request, a praise report, go to this website, hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemustincrease.org. Praise report? Hemustincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemustincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemustincrease.org. Hemustincrease.org. <laughs> Some things that just keep making me laugh. I can't help it. Uh, what name is given to the last tree mentioned in the Bible? That is our question before we get into our history. Uh, let's do our history, and then we'll give another shout-out for the trivia question how to respond to it. Let's go All right, before I do history, I should say this one thing. I want to say thank you to everybody who did give. So you got the receipts and everything. Hey, if I haven't said thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You make the ministry possible. Without it, we cannot possibly do it. We don't get paid for it. Don doesn't pay me. We pay Don, okay? And I'm not quite to minimum wage, but I'd like to get there soon. <laughs> So we're hoping that happens, but we just keep going day by day, week by week. But thank you for all the giving that you have done. We appreciate it. All right, in history, a couple things to mention, obviously, for many people. You understand it's Martin Luther King Jr.'s celebration of his i think it's the celebration of his birthday right that's the celebration what a lot of people don't know about martin luther king jr is what his doctorate was i've mentioned this before and i find that amazing because people will sit there and go martin luther king jr blah 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 and you just sit there and you say well why is he a doctor what was his doctorate in and they just go i have no idea i don't even know what you're talking about which tells you they don't know anything about him Okay, it's just a, it's like a rally point or something like that. For those that do not know, his doctorate was in systematic theology. Okay, so anytime they want to have a conversation, I'll be glad to go down and talk about his doctorate with them because they'll never, they'll never get through that conversation. Uh, it is also Ben Franklin Day. I don't know why. I just I ended up maybe it's his birthday or whatever. I don't. Maybe somebody just thought this was a good day to fly a kite. I, I don't know. National Hotheads Chili Day. So I think that's the screaming hothead, really drastic chili kind of stuff, like supernova kind of stuff. Is that what that is? Or is that because it's not the chili peppers, right? That sounds like. Yeah, sounds like that to me. Kid Inventor Day. We support that all day long. Kids are very, very creative. In fact, they become less creative sometimes because of uh, the way that we do it. And it's also Ditch New Year's Resolutions Day. What New Year's resolution? <laughs> Saying you're ahead of the curve? <laughs> Way ahead of the curve. New Year's resolution? Okay. 
Uh, on this day in uh, 1773, Captain James Cook became the first explorer to cross the Antarctic Circle that they know of. I mean, that's I'm just saying. Uh, United States buys the Virgin Islands in 1917. 1916, Professional Golfers Association is formed. I wonder if there's a link there. Get it? Link. Link to Virgin Islands. And, never mind. And then in 1929, this is, this is worthy. 1929, Popeye. The introduction to Popeye for, was was introduced. Do you know what the first line in the strip about the comic strip about him being a sailor was? His response is, "Do you think I'm a cowboy?" <laughs> Not from last night's game, you wouldn't. <laughs> oh, bing, thank you. That was a good one. Yeah, you got to acknowledge that. All right. Uh, final question here. Not the question. The question again. What's the name of the last tree mentioned in the Bible? If you think you know the answer, you call in 972-445-0770. You text in 214-210-8483. You send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. If you're not sure where to look, I would highly encourage you to go to the end of Book of, Book of Revelation. That will probably tell you what you're looking for. Okay, let's get into this text. This, I've got a... T- Teach it wisely as I can. So there's parts of this that are easier and parts of this that are harder. From verse 10, but when Sambalat, the Horonite, and Tobiah, the Ammonite, officials heard of my arrival, they were very angry that someone had come who was interested in helping Israel. Well, that's all right. They're going to get theirs. Three days after my arrival at Jerusalem, I slipped out during the night, taking only a few others with me. I had not told anyone about the plans God had put in my heart for Jerusalem. I find this text, I find texts like this amazing. And I, and the reason is because I think it is applicable to us. I think it does matter. I think it's not just historical. I think the dynamic application principle, the DAP, does apply. And here you have Nehemiah saying, God put something in my heart. And you know what I did? I, I didn't. I had a couple people that knew about it, but I didn't say much about it. And I just kind of, you know, went about doing things. He says, we took no pack animals with us except a donkey that I myself was riding. I went out through the valley gate, past the jackal's well, uh, over to the dung gate, and so on and so forth. And what I think is amazing is that he has this thing that God has put in his heart, and he's he's kind of processing through is a nice way to say it. He's kind of like thinking about it. He makes the physical or geographical move, but he hasn't told anybody yet. He's just kept it really, uh, what do we say, tight to the vest. I think that's an expression that we use. And the reason is there's nothing incorrect about exploring new ideas, new visions, new ministries that God puts in your heart. Nothing wrong with that and everything right with doing that exploration. But sometimes it's not yet time to share. Sometimes in your life, it's still the time to review and to examine and to pray about. Before you share, there's nothing wrong with sharing. Just make sure that it's in timing with what the Lord's doing. I I have to say this because it is important Sometimes the best part of true wisdom for you and I is to keep some of the things that we're learning and going through to ourselves until the proper time. Then you share it. 
The Bible talks uh, multiple times about words spoken at the right time, being a blessing, being like uh, silver apples, or golden apples, silver apples, or gold or silver apples, one of the two. The idea behind it is to know when to share and when not to share. Now, do you share everything with somebody who's super-duper close to you? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's valid. But what I think what's going on here is Nehemiah saying, you know what, I went and checked it out, didn't tell anybody. I wanted to see what was going on first. He didn't yet make known the public ministry he believed God had called him to. So he spent more time examining, checking out, making sure it's right. And then, you know, going through that process, he wanted to make sure it was right between him and God. And if you need a good biblical example, I will give you the best example ever. At 12 years old, Jesus knew what his calling was. Now just, just think for a second. Twelve? Remember when he was, they were in Jerusalem? How would how'd you not know? I'd be in my father's house, right? Here's what he said to them. He already knew what he was doing. But it was 18 more years before he made it public. Wow, think of that. And boy, I don't know how he did that. <laughs> Just saying, I don't know. I mean, even his, even John the Baptist didn't know. It was, you know, apparently a relative of some kind of closeness, obviously, especially because the moms were close. So you kind of know the kids were probably close. But the idea behind that is that he did not reveal it until the right time, until it was the proper time to make it known. And Jesus demonstrated that. I think that is, and I started to say the word think so much. I know what that means is that you have to mature and nurture that which God has put in your heart between you and God first. And then make sure that's what you're going to do. And the reason that I say it the way I do is because even if people don't accept, and quite a, quite a few people rejected Jesus and quite a few people rejected John the Baptist, even if people don't accept, you still do the ministry even if it's not well-received, if it's matured and nurtured between you and the Lord, and the Lord says, go forward. That's part of the Christian walk, okay? All right. We have our trivia question. Okay. Captain Chris, making sure I'm getting it done. What name is given to the last tree mentioned in the Bible. What name is given to the last tree? And the name of that tree is the tree of life. The tree of life is the last tree mentioned in the Bible. And no, that's not a coincidence. All right, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Going to take a short break, then come back. Don't go anywhere. is the david spoon experience you say i'll put it to you like this do you love a good what is the david spoon experience you say i'll put it to you like this do you love a good joke that's pretty bad what do you call an animal that doesn't practice what it preaches a hippocritopotamus <laughs> come on <laughs> Do you love being able to ask questions, comments, or having someone to pray for you? If you have an opinion, a comment, a thought, or a question, we don't want it to die of loneliness. We want it to have a chance. And last but not least, 
Do you love some trivia? All right, we got our trivia question. Uh, who made clothes out of leaves that were sewed together? Somebody want to answer the trivia question? Oh, okay, hold on. Hold on. Here you go. Here you go. This is David. Who am I talking to? We're talking to Mary. This is Al. This is Brother Ace. This is Eric. This is Deborah. Now, if that doesn't make you curious, maybe you should tune in and check it out for yourself. Think of me as the big brother that won't go away. <laughs> That's me. Tune in to the David Spoon Experience weekdays at 1.30 p.m. on 770 KAAM. The David Spoon Experience. Again, Dr. Robert Jeffress. Doctor, are you there with us? I'm here with you, David. Uh, I'm so glad that you're here. I got to ask you this question. I'm, 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 you know, I, I get a little fiery, especially when uh, Christians are being accused of things that are uh, false, and that happens all the time, especially in the media. And I think you're, if you remember our very first time we ever talked, I told you how impressed I was with you that you are able to keep your uh, spirit steady. <laughs> well, I appreciate that so much. You're a good friend. Uh, I, I appreciate that. Here's the thing that drives me absolutely batty, which is where I need your help now. Uh, I understand this uh, situation with uh, with Tim Tebow. He was going to do a dedication for you. He got a lot of pressure, apparently, from the media. The media accused you of being uh, uh, homophobic and anti-Semitic, which for me, I mean— it was, it was, I guess when I first heard it, I was overwhelmed. First of all, anti-Semitic is a person who discriminates against or is prejudiced or hostile towards Jews. You've been on my show. Now, this is three time, and I'm as Jewish as they come. Yeah, well, David, I mean, the charge of anti-Semitic comes from saying that everyone, including Jews, must trust in Christ in order to go to heaven. Uh, that is hardly anti-Semitic. In fact, I have a Jewish friend in New York who called me this week. She's not a Christian, but she said, I don't understand all of this. said, I don't believe in the New Testament, but you do. You're simply saying what the New Testament says. And, you know, David, we've said before, you know, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And I remind people, Jesus was not a Southern Baptist evangelist. He was a Jewish rabbi. And yet you look at what he said, what the Apostle Paul said, the Apostle Peter. Here are the three most prominent men of the New Testament, every one of them a devout Jew, and yet they said there's one way to God, and that's through faith in Christ. That is not anti-Semitic. Sometimes Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, where we're having fun day Monday all day long until the day is over, and then it'll be Tuesday. Uh, Here is your trivia question, last one. According to Paul's teaching to Timothy, ooh, so now you already know this is in First or Second Timothy. According to Paul's teaching to Timothy, who should be the first to receive a share of the crops? Who should be the first to receive a share of the crops? If you think you know the answer, you are more than welcome to uh, call in at 972-445-0770. You can also text in at 214-210-8483, and then you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. Think of the trivia question. I'm going to say it again, even though I just knocked over a wire and a pole and other things and 
and stuff like that. Uh, according to Paul's teaching, Timothy, who should be the first to receive a share of the crops? Okay. So we're looking for somebody who's involved in that process. Okay. Okay. Now, again, <laughs> everybody's coming down the wrong, you're going down the wrong thing. Think occupation-wise. Is that a nice way to say it? That's my hint to everybody. Think occupation-wise. We're not talking about uh, uh, the uh, – uh, boy, I hope we can get this right. <laughs> boy, nobody can get mad at me because I'm challenging you on this question, okay? I'm trying to help, okay? That's what I'm saying. I'm trying to help. Okay. The question is, according to Paul's teaching to me, who should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Oh, I hope we're getting this right. Ready? You guys have an answer? This is David. Who am I talking to? Hi, David. Hi, Mary. How are you? It must be later than I thought. I must have. No. I, I, I thought maybe your show was just starting, but I guess no. it's coming to an end. No, we're here. We're live. We're here. We're hanging. Yeah. All right. You ready to answer this? Because this is a really important one. Because we have a lot of people that answered it wrong. <laughs> so I need your help. Oh, I might answer it wrong, too, but well, I think you're pretty I good. know. You're pretty good. We'll see. And if not, I'll kind of direct you that way. I think you know that. So uh, according to Paul's teaching, Timothy, who should be the first to receive a share of the crops? Who should be the first to receive a share of the crops? Based on Paul. Should it be the owner? The, the one who raised the crops? Right. So what occupation is that? What what would they do? What would they be? Who's the, who's the person that plants crops? Oh, that would be the farmer. That is correct! Oh, thank you, Mary! <laughs> it could be the worker. <laughs> it could be the workman. Well, you know what? I, I, just, so Paul <laughs> says that to Timothy? Yeah, so what, the, what, the, what well, they're see, asking... I it's in the Old Testament. Now, that talks about the Old Testament. Sure it is. And that's why that's why he makes a reference to that. But it's like the farmer should be the first one to receive part of the crops. In other words, whoever the workman is who's planting it should get some of what they're... You know, they should receive some of it. So uh, there you go. Yeah. And <laughs> I they, just... were to leave, they were to leave some of it for the... Um, Poor people that would come by later and maybe um, take what's what's left over, what what they left over, you know, what they didn't want or need. Right, they were I supposed to. A, they were not supposed to pick that, it clean. That's correct. Let me tell you. Can I tell you this? Just let me tell you this story real quick. There were two fellows. One was a preacher and one was a taxi cab driver, and they both died the same day, and they both got. Went to heaven, and there was um, they were at the door when, uh, when uh, Saint Peter let him in, and um, he said to the taxi cab driver, "There's, there's your mansion over there. See." So the taxi cab driver runs over there. Oh wow, this is great! And then he turns to the pastor and he says, "Now see that." See that um um that little um house down the road with the roof that's sort of coming off of it and he said, Well yeah, but why am I getting now? How come I'm not getting a mansion like the taxi cab driver? Instead I'm getting this little hut down the road. And um Peter said it's because um 
when you were preaching, they were all sleeping. But when he was driving, everybody was praying. <laughs> there you go, Mary. Mary. Mary comes in with a joke. That is great. Excellent oh, job, Mary. Thank you okay. so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll let you go. Right, Lord thanks, bless Mary. you, and we'll talk to you another time, okay? All right. God bless. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> you know, we've reached our zone. When you can have Mary call in and tell a joke, we've re- that's it. There you go. Huh? Come on. That's just, is that incredible? Okay. <laughs> All right. Now, for everybody who's upset about the trivia question, everybody who answered the Lord, that would be correct in the principle, but we were talking about a specific teaching within the Paulinian epistles of the uh, pastoral epistles. So don't don't get mad about that. Okay. Nobody, no pouting. No, no pouting. Okay. All right. Good job, Mary. That was good. Okay, so so you, you do get to participate. See, so we're doing all this eternal stuff. We get to participate in eternity. That's part of the process. All right, let me go back to this text real quick, and we'll cl- close it out with this. So do we cover everything? I think we covered everything, right? So Nehemiah, we're still in uh, Chapter 2. We're at the end of it. He says, uh, I went to the fountain gate to the king's pool, but my donkey couldn't get through the rubble, so I went up to Kidron Valley instead, inspecting the wall before. I turned back and entered again in the valley gate. The city officials did not know I'd been there or what I was doing, for I had not yet said anything to anyone about my plans. I had not spoken to the religious and political leaders, the officials, or anyone else in the administration. And there, there, in, there is part of the continuation of what we were just talking about in that last segment. So you have to understand who Nehemiah is to understand why this is significant. Nehemiah served at the pleasure of the king. Nehemiah had great influence and great power. He, you, you go through the story, you find out that Nehemiah never sat in front of the king's presence. King, pretty discerning king. Hey, you're sad. That's the sadness of the heart. We got to figure out what's going on. What is it you need, buddy? I mean, these are people that spend an enormous amount of time together. And uh, so then he gives them these letters, says, "Go take care of what you got to take care of." Then come on back. And that's actually what actually takes place. And he goes there, and he has these letters from the king. He says nothing to the city officials. He says nothing to the religious leaders. He says nothing to the political people. You see, approval for God's plan is not required from God by his people for the city to say yes, for the political leaders to say yes, for the religious leaders to say yes. God doesn't care. And the way we've set it up and the way that we function in it is like, well, you have to do this. You have to get permission to do this or permission to do this. And it's like there's a breach of biblical truth when the country or the government restricts the commands of God and the things that God puts on people's hearts. And you know it's a fact that God does not approve because why? Because when the apostles were in jail under the religious leader's authoritative power, he sent an angel to release them from the jail. So God was like, going, no, that's wrong. <laughs> so my point in that is that, we, like we said before, there's a right time to reveal and a right time to understand. But don't misunderstand be it the city government, be it the federal government, be it politics, be it religious leaders, 
God's requirements for obedience stand above every and anything else. And as we see this getting worse and worse in our country, I am promising you, not prophesying, promising you that your freedom to choose from a religious or a faith point of view will become tighter and tighter and tighter. And you have to determine now who you're going to follow and who you're going to obey. And don't tell me, you know, following the government is obeying God when a government is murdering baby. Don't, 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 don't even go down that road. You have to make a decision who you're going to obey. Is it better to obey God or men? Period. And you answer that first. And before anybody says, well, God would never tell you to do something that's contrary to man, that's 1,000% wrong and 150 times illustrated in the Bible. So it's like, that's dumb. So decide. There's a right time to reveal, but you don't seek the approval of external if you have a divine call or mandate. Doesn't mean that you don't get verification from the Lord with counsel, with people, with fellowship. Of course you do that. But it is not subject to the world's approval because the kingdom of God is not subject to the world's approval, period. Which is the big argument that the church is having right now with itself. Well, we should be more worldly and appeal to more people. Well, when you're more worldly, you're, re- you're less Christ-like. So I'm not sure that's a brilliant plan, right? That's just Dave being a big brother— Still smarting from that terrible play by the Dallas Cowboys. So just leave me alone. Okay. I said it nice. Okay. All right, folks. That'll be it for our Monday show. Monday Funday. You've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 22 and a half hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. It may be false, but it feels the same. The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.